Woo. Good morning, good afternoon, guys. You know who I'm here today. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, the Last Word Productions. And as you all know, I always get the last word. And today, guys, we're going to be discussing the NBA playoffs and things of that nature, some offseason moves that are already occurring thus far. First and foremost, before I get into the NBA playoffs, I want to get into the NBA moves that have happened so far. So, as you all may know, Kimba Walker has been traded to the OKC Thunder. In exchange, the Thunder will receive Kimba Walker in the pick. In exchange for that, the Boston Celtics receive Al Horford and Moses Brown, two one young big man, other one the aging big man who actually did play some of his best ball in his career at Boston. So this may work in Boston's favor. I don't like the contract for them. I thought they could have waited for the OKC Thunder to buy out Al Horford. They weren't going to be moving forward with him. They strictly did this to get his contract off the books, honestly. I don't even believe Kemba will be staying there long term. I think they'll move him as soon as they get a trade partner as well. Because this is the OKC Thunder are clearly in rebuild. They have 19 picks over the next, I believe, <clears throat> three years, I believe. So this is a team that is looking to build young and hungry dogs. They're not looking to add any veteran presence who they know who what they are beginning already. They're looking to develop all their guys. And I think it's a good method if it works. Because these days, this is a league full of star power. And star power usually isn't two to three-year players. That's usually vets, you know, guys who got some, you know, some mileage on them. That's not the fresh young bloods on the block. It's just not how it goes in the NBA these days. But with that being said, <clears throat> in other news, a lot of coaches have been departed from, such as Scott Brooks, such as Rick Carlisle, and the Mavericks also lost their GM as well. And I want to speak on that a bit brief in more detail because there are reports that are coming out saying, Luka, it is troublesome, troubling to the Mavericks that Luka may not want to play for the Mavericks long term. Now, he is still expected to sign his 220, 200 max deal this coming summer. He still is expected to sign that, but they're not fully sure if he's going to be in the team's plans afterwards. Because Luka is only, I believe, what? The guy may be only about 20. He's 22, so he'll be 26, 27 at the latest coming out of this contract. He still will be in the peak of his prime. He'll still have two to three years left at a very, very high level. And with his skill set, he could still even play for seven, ten more years after that. Because he's a guy that could easily give you 15 seasons. So the Mavs need to figure out if they could get him on the ropes to stay with them. Because if they can't, that's going to be a huge blow for them. Because he does everything for them right now. I mean, he's their point guard. He's their primary scorer, ball handler. He's one of their best rebounders, if not their best rebounder. He's definitely their best passer. That's without question. He gets everyone else involved. They need to be sure they keep this guy happy. And if they can't, man, I mean, it's downhill from there for the Mavericks, man. You just don't find Lucas in the draft every year. It's just not happening. 
And the departure of Rick Carlisle is honestly something that surprised me, but there were reports that came up saying that him and Luca's relationship wasn't exactly the best. It was tension there. And you could tell with some of the sideline interactions and how Luca seemed a bit careless at times when Rick Carlisle would be drawing up plays or discussing with the team, defensive matchups, things of that nature. You can see the difference there. But Luca was upset when the, the GM was fired. I can't recall his name right now. But he did feel away when the GM was fired. So that probably plays a part into why he doesn't see the Mavericks in his far future. But we shall see. It's a long time from now. Well, not necessarily too long, but it is quite some time. Now, with that being said, I'm glad the Wizards are moving on. I'm glad the Blazers are moving on. And I'm going to just say this because I think it needs to be said. And first and foremost, Quinn Snyder has one more season to show he can get the Jazz over that hump. If he can't do that, I think it's time for him to go. I'm not saying I believe Quinn Snyder is a bad coach. I'm not saying I believe he's, you know, terrible. I think he's overrated. None of that. I think he's not the coach for the Jazz. And the reason why I say that is this. The Utah Jazz, Kawhi Leonard was, is out. He's, I believe he's done for the year because a lot of his reports coming out saying that he – he, for one, he isn't traveling with the Clippers at all. And for two, they have feared, they have feared that, that there is a fear, excuse me, that he has torn his ACL. If there is even a fear of that at all, that means, even if that means it's at the least partially torn, which is still an injury severe enough to keep him out the entire series and the season if they made it to the finals. So you're out with Kawhi Leonard, their best player. You go out there and you lose two straight games without Kawhi Leonard on the floor. You blow two double-digit leads without Kawhi Leonard on the floor. And the last one you blow was a 25-point lead, and you got beat by Terrence Mann, who had a career night against you all, 39 points. I believe he was 7 from 10 from 3. And he I'm talking about he absolutely killed the Jazz the entire night. It it wasn't even funny. Like, he got hot and stayed hot. They made no, Quinn Snyder made no adjustments. He made no defensive game plans, adjustments for Terrence, man. He just lived with the fact that if we were going to lose, it's going to be because of him. Well, it was because of him, and you lost. So now you have to explain to the fans and the media that, oh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard was hurt. We had a 25 point lead, but hey, we let Terrence Mann shoot open jumpers all game, and he made all of them. Surprising. Of NBA player made open jump shots. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up, man. I mean, at some point, these coaches have to be held responsible. I know I know, guys want to get on Rudy Gobert saying that he's an overrated defensive player of the year, this, that, and that. I, I get it. But you know Rudy Gobert is a big. You're not going to ask him to defend a guard. Not on the perimeter. Switch to a zone, switch on one in the box, some something. You you need to put your players in a position to be successful. 
And you cannot tell me Quinn Snyder did that by allowing Rudy Gobert to sit in the paint and literally leave Terrence Mann open throughout the entire game. It makes no sense. I mean, it doesn't matter how you feel about Terrence Mann. It doesn't matter if you like him as a player, if you think he can't make open Listen, he is an NBA talent at the end of the day. He's in the league for a reason. Ty Lue switched him in the lineup for a reason. He didn't switch him in there because he didn't believe in him. He switched him because he knew he can give him a, a boost to win. And he did exactly just that. He was the best player on the team that this, last night for <clears throat> the Utah Jazz. I mean, not Utah Jazz. I don't know why I just said that for the L.A. Clippers. Utah Jazz, I mean, they did what they did last year. They blow leads. They got cold in the fourth and the second half, period. And it looked bad. And now people want to make it seem as if Donovan Mitchell is just the most unluckiest player in the league since who knows how. He's a part of the problem. He's a part of the cold streaks. That is going on in the second halves, in the fourth quarters. He's a part of that issue as well. I'm not going to feel bad for this man, even though despite the fact he's a hell of a player, he had a good game, he needs to be better. Simple. He needs to be better. That's it. The Quinn Snyder has to be better. Everyone on that team has to be better. And if they won't get better, I think Quinn Snyder's time is up. It makes no sense for you to have the best record in the league, a player go down on the other team, the best player at that, and you lose two straight games that both of you were in firm control of. It makes no sense. Chris Schneider, if this next season, if, if it can't end in a Western Conference Finals appearance at the very least, I think it's time for him to go. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, PG-13... Had a great two-game stretch. He's having a good playoffs run, regardless of anyone says. He's definitely writing off the narrative of him being a pandemic P in the playoffs and just being bad. He's definitely looking back, looking back in his playoff P <clears throat> form where he was with the Indiana Pacers. And the Sixers, honestly, with Chris Paul out, honestly have a real good chance to take this first game on the road. Now, the Suns are a well-equipped team, even without Chris Paul. Cam Payne is a really good backup. Devin Booker is still a young star in this league. Jay Crowder, 3D guy. Aiden has been phenomenal this playoff stretch. I mean, he did a hell of a job against Jokic. He had a hell of a series against AD and the Lakers. I mean, he's been playing lights out in his young playoff stint. Let's see if they could continue it. That's the thing. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the game of the night, folks. And that was the Sixers. I said the Sixers. The Sixers and the Hawks play tomorrow. My apologies, guys. That was the Nets and the Bucks. Now, first things first. I want to say this about the game. James Harden is who we said he is, guys. Great regular season. He is Peyton Manning of the NBA. Great, phenomenal regular season player. 
absolutely turns into a whole nother player come postseason playoffs. Let me let me let me just read you all out his numbers. Let me let me just do that and make sure we all on the same page here. James Harden finished the game with 22 points, pretty solid. Nine rebounds, nine assists. You know, okay, almost a triple double. But here's the issue: five for 17 from the floor, two for 12 from three-point land, and he had 10 free throws, which gave him 10 points. Ladies and gentlemen, James Harden is not a he's he's not a postseason player. I mean, this is a, yet another elimination game. Yet again, he played terribly again. No, I don't want to hit excuses about his hamstring. Oh, that's not the James Harden we know. Yes, it is the James Harden we know. He's been horrible in every elimination game he's played in his career. Look, I mean, guys, we can look at the numbers. He's terrible. He. In elimination games, he's averaging, he has in total more turnovers than assists. He's bad in elimination games. It's, it's just that simple. He's bad. There's no arguing anymore. There's no debating it. He's bad. He, he tried his best and hardest to get out of Houston to go to Brooklyn. They gave him that. And now he's done it again. He's been, he's played terrible in yet again another elimination game. I don't. I just don't understand what else people have to see. Is the the excuses are just that at this point? They're just excuses. There is no more reasoning. There is no more. Well, there's no. He's not that guy that we thought he could turn into. He's not. He's just not. We the the sooner people can accept that, the better. Because we have to accept the fact that he's just another Peyton Manny, Charles Barkley type of guy. Really, really good in the regular season. He'll never win any jury or in or he foes when it matters most. It's not him. It's not for him. Let it go. And with that being said, Kevin Durant played one hell of a game. I know he took 36 shots, a lot of shots. And I know it took him all that to drop 48 points. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant had one hell of a game. Kevin Durant was five centimeters away from winning this game. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses about a man's shoe size and why he lost. What I am going to say is he didn't score a single point in overtime. And he took a terrible shot for the last shot of the game for the Nets against Drew Holiday, who is an all-NBA defensive player first team KD right in the day KD did exactly what he could do put his team in a position to win and they still came up short your Joe Harris your your, your big money shooter sniper <laughs> went three for ten out there I believe if I'm if I'm wrong no I'm right he went three for ten out there in this game and three for nine behind the three-point line. This is a guy who shoots 43% for his career behind that line. And he shoots 33% in the most important game of his career. It's, it's just, it's inexcusable. You can't do it. But guess what? He did it. <laughs> At the end of the day, man, you got to get a bunch credit. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton both played almost dreadful and awful 
close to it in the first half. I mean, at one point, Drew Holiday was two for 17 and three for 19. Him and Chris Middleton, though, they made tiny shots. Drew knocked down a huge three-pointer. Chris Middleton knocked down a huge three-pointer. He knocked down the, the mid-range shot that actually extended the lead for the net. I mean, not the Nets, for the Bucks in overtime. I mean, they made timely baskets. They got timely stops. You know, sometimes it's, you forget about the last shots you took and you just have to make the next one. And that's what they did. They played a hell of a game. They beat the odds. I mean, the Bucks in the elimination games on the road thought their franchise history, I believe it was like 0 for 7, something like that. And game 7 is on the road against the playoffs. I mean, it's, everything was stacked against them. Bad play on the road. Kevin Durant. Maybe the best great, the best, the best play in the world right now. Like Giannis quoted and said, James Harden back, he's getting healthy by the day. They pulled it off. Got to give credit where it's due. The Milwaukee Bucks absolutely deserved this win. Giannis, MVP, dropped 40 points, 13 rebounds. They played a hell of a game. Got to give them credit. They played one hell of a game. Just like Kevin Durant said, this is a great ball club. They may have a great chance to go on and win the championship. Give them that credit. Just, they played one hell of a game. With all that being said, I think the Nets, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, I know Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, all three, if not one of the, those three, if two of those three, whatever the case may be, can opt out of their contract and move on next season. I don't believe all three are coming back. I believe at least one of those guys leave. I'll be, be shocked if not one of them leave and they all three do stay. I'll be extremely shocked. I think one of those guys leave though, and I think more than likely it'll be between James Harden or Kevin Durant. I think KD, I don't think he likes the fact that he played his heart and soul out just to lose. I don't think he's as mentally as tough as some players are around the league, like a LeBron James, like a Luka Doncic, like a Kawhi Leonard, like these guys who can take losses and just, you know, try to find ways out of it to get better. I don't think Kevin Durant should, wants to deal with that. And in fact, I don't believe he should. I mean, I said this for I said this earlier. In the season. When they traded for James Harden, they virtually traded away their entire bench, at least their top contributors. Especially then when he was hurt, so he's out for the season. You got rid of Karis LeVert. You got rid of Jared Allen. And now you're stuck with Bruce Brown, a 6'3", 6'4", guard who won't even attempt shots. I mean, all his points come from in the paint, floaters. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, 6'4", 6'3", guard, and he's not willing to shoot? Okay. Then you got Jeff Green. I mean, I like Jeff Green, but he is what he is at this point in his career. Then you have, who else they had? Um, Mike James coming off the bench. They had Blake Griffin was the starter now, so I won't say him. But they didn't have a bench. I mean, you people may overlook the bench production, but the bench production matters. It, it matters. I mean, perfect example of this tonight was Pat Connaughton coming off the bench for the Bucks. I know he finished with nine points, 
But he made timely shots. He made a three-pointer down the stretch in the fourth quarter that absolutely changed the momentum of the game. Bench, bench players matter. They matter. They're significant in the game that's, that we play, that we watch, that we enjoy. They matter. I mean, look at Jordan Clarkson. He came off and gave the Jazz a surge every night that he could. Bench play matters. We can all pretend that this is, we all know it's a star-driven league and we can pretend that's all that matters. No, you need a good bench, man. And to be frank with you guys, that was the, the difference in this, in this game. You, the, the Nets just didn't have that bench player step up. I mean, look at this. Look at this. Pat Connaughton, nine points in 23 minutes. Right, that's the bench. Now let's let's go look at the two the the three bench players for the Nets: Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, and Nicholas Claxton, those the young big man. He all three of these guys didn't score a point. They didn't even attempt a shot. Bench play matters. It just does. We could all sit here and pretend that it doesn't matter, whatever the case may be. Yes, I know they only play about, I know Jeff Green played 12 minutes and Shaman played six, but at the end of the day, that just shows for one, Steve Nash didn't trust in them at all to come in and produce because he limited their play real significant, insignificant. It was almost insignificant at the point. Bench, bench production matters, guys. It matters. We can pretend it doesn't matter. It does. You need a solid bench or okay bench to do anything in this league. You just do. Now, with that being said, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks again. They're moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the opponent that awaits them will be decided tomorrow as the Hawks take on the 76ers on the road at Philadelphia. Now, first things first. I have to see Ben Simmons step his game up. I have to. And I'm not I'm not asking for Ben Simmons to suddenly become Stephen Curry or something. But I'm looking for him to at the very least attempt some jumpers. Two jumpers. Two jumpers a game and that means you're trying. Ben Simmons has been in the league, what, five years? He doesn't even look at the rim to shoot. He's literally looking just to pass if he's not within 10 feet of the basket. I mean, at, at some point, man, you, you have to put yourself out there to get better. I mean, you're not going to get better just by sh in shoot-arounds and practice. You need to be willing to take these shots. He's not even willing to look to take them. Forget, forget attempting them. He's not even looking to take them. He has to be better, man. He has to. And the Bucks are coming in. Whoever they have, whether it's Atlanta or the Sixers, they're going to be one tough out, man. I mean, their confidence is right now probably sky high. They just beat a team that many crowned NBA champions mid-season when they traded for James Harden, their confidence is skyrocketed right now. And my hat's off to them because they did something that 
I thought was over with. After Kevin Durant had the end one dunk against Pat Connaughton, I thought the game was over after that. They fought the claw their way back. They fought, and they've had one hell of a game. I mean, you got to give them credit when it's due. At the end of the day, the 76ers, I think they can compete the best against the Bucks over the Hawks, but they have to get more out of Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid has to stay healthy. I mean, I know he has a partially torn meniscus right now, but they they need they need him to be great. He has to stop selling it for jumpers. I understand that he isn't as explosive or you know as nimble as he usually is because of the injury. But he he has to stop selling love. If you're going to play, you have to play. Play your game. Don't limit yourself because of injury. If you're going to play, play. I'm not saying go all out and tear something, but I'm saying play your game. That's what you have to do in order to be your best. Now, with all that being said, the Hawks not going down without a fight. Trey Young has been phenomenal throughout his brief playoff stint. I mean, he's been superb, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, through his first 10 playoff games, he has the most total playoff points in NBA history through their first 10 starts. He's playing absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I I just see that it will be all for not after tomorrow because Ben Simmons come locked in on the defensive end. It's going to be a long night for Trey Young and company, man. Well, with all that being said, guys, I want to jump off into some NFL news now. And by the way, I did tell you all I will start doing film breakdown. Be on the lookout next week for the beginning of that. I will be breaking down star receiver Julio Jones and what he will bring to the as an addition to the New England, not New England, to as a new addition, I can't speak tonight, my apologies, guys, as, as the Tennessee Titans offense and what he can bring for them. Now, with that being said, just a little bit of some NFL news. Aaron Rodgers' situation does not seem to be getting any better whatsoever. And some of his teammates are actually supporting him because... They feel as if Devontae Adams specifically said he got his back regardless of whatever happens. They clearly see that Aaron Rodgers has not been treated well by this franchise. And it is something that is bothering everyone, clearly. It is something that people are definitely being uncomfortable with right now. He's definitely made the franchise uncomfortable because this is something... The great Green Bay Packers franchise does not have done to them. I mean, outside of Brett Favre, who put them in the handicap spot at one point, you don't really see players really try the Green Bay Packers organization. I mean, if anyone could do it, it's two generational quarterbacks, right? Exactly. Aaron Rodgers feels as if he's being disrespected. He's taking matters in his hand. He wants to be traded. I think he should be traded. I thought he should have been traded four or five years ago, and I said he needed to ask for one. Just glad he finally woke up when he still got about three, four years left of high play. So with that being said, 
lot of rumors going around and circulating saying that if he is traded, Denver is the destination. And man, if he was to go to Denver with those receivers, Jed Judy, with those receivers, Cortland Sutton, with those receivers and weapons, Melvin Gordon that running back. Hey man. They'll be pretty solid on that side of the ball. I can't speak for the defensive side. I still like Bradley Chubb. I like that they went out and got Patterson Tan. I like all that, but I'm big fan of I'm a big fan of Justin Simmons as well. But at the end of the day, it's hard to say how good that side of the ball will be, because I know Von Miller is expected to either be released or walk or something. I don't know what's going to happen with Von Miller. Maybe he stays. Who knows? Who knows? But they go out against Aaron Rodgers. This team is competitive again. I mean, they're in a tough division. Why not go get Aaron Rodgers? You got you to gotta compete against gunslingers in your division. I mean, let's just think about that. At the end of the day, I feel as if it should go like this. Aaron Rodgers go to the Broncos. I would love to see him and Patrick Mahomes score off as soon as they possibly can. <laughs> but, guys, that'll be it for me for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel at Last Word Productions. Remember, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find a podcast and listen to it, I'm there, trust me. And y'all keep in mind, man, I still got the Juneteenth apparel out right now. Limited time offer for the month of June only. DM me on all my social media platforms to find out further details about that stuff. Thank you all again. I'll see y'all in the next one.